and I want you to go with me to Genesis 28, because the message today is exactly what we're experiencing in God's presence and in the lyrics of these songs, that he is an ever-present God, an omnipresent God. The God is big enough theme is gathering a momentum, and I want to put fuel on the fire today. We'll start in Genesis 28, looking at verse 10. Meanwhile, Jacob left Beersheba and traveled toward Haran. At sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stop there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven. He saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of your father Isaac. The ground you are lying on belongs to you. I am giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust of the earth. They will spread out in all directions, to the west and the east, to the north and the south. All the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. What's more, I am with you, and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything I have promised you. Again, looking at verse 15, it says, I am with you. Today, I want to talk about the omnipresence of God. Back in the late 90s, Deion Sanders was playing professional baseball and professional football. On a Saturday evening, he had played in a professional baseball game and was a major factor in the game. Hopped on a jet, flew to Dallas, suited up as a Dallas Cowboy where he played cornerback on defense Wide receiver on offense. In one play, they were on defense, and he saw the way the offense was set up. So he joined in on a blitz, and he, all by himself, tackled the running back behind the line of scrimmage, forced a turnover. Then the offense comes on. He lines up as a wide receiver, and Troy Aikman hits him for a great pass. That game alone, he had 100 yards rushing as a wide receiver, and finally the commentator said this, Deion Sanders is everywhere. Now we know if we'd gone to buy a hot dog on that game day, he wouldn't have been selling the hot dogs. Had we gone down and bought some of those barbecue nachos that are straight from the throne of God, he would not have been selling the barbecue nachos. So, So he's not everywhere. But yet we know what the commentator is saying. We understand the language he's using. It seems he's everywhere, but he's not everywhere. But when it comes to our great awesome God, he is everywhere. It's one of the great truths of scripture. Sometimes people will say, it seems that my prayers aren't getting above the ceiling. Well, it doesn't matter because he's below the ceiling. They don't have to get above the ceiling. It's one of the great truths of the scripture. John Ortberg, in his book, God is Closer Than You Think, a great book 
Matter of fact, one of our small groups, they're studying that book. He writes about the everywhereness of God. That God is everywhere, and you see it through Scripture, whether it's a burning bush, a braying donkey, a storm, an earthquake, or a whisper. God is present. One of the great truths of Scripture is not so much that we as people are trying to get to God, but that God is trying to get to us. Think about the most frequent promise of the Bible. What would that be? Maybe it's, I will forgive you. That is a great promise of Scripture. It is often repeated. But the most frequent promise of Scripture is this. I will be with you. It's amazing when you come to Old Testament, you see a tabernacle. Manna. Ark of the Covenant, pillar of cloud in daytime and another cloud at night that was made of fire. All of these like post-it notes that God is putting up to remind his people, I'm with you. It's what delivered them from fear when God would say, don't fear, I am with you. Even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, fear no evil for I am with you. The everywhereness of God, matter of fact, when God sent his own son and Jesus became flesh, his redemptive name, Emmanuel, God with us. When Jesus ascended and told his followers to wait for the promise, the promise was that of his presence that would then empower so that no matter where we would find ourselves, God would be present. Matter of fact, in us, In the Old Testament where he dwelt in a tent of meeting or behind the veil. In this revelation, we become the house of God. You become the tabernacle. You become the very temple of the Holy Spirit. He is in you. That's why the little girl, she said, I know Jesus lives in my heart. She said, because every time I put my hand on my heart, I feel him walking around. Consider Jacob. Now, Jacob had done nothing to merit the presence of God. So I don't want us to see this promise as just for certain people. This is for everyone. The Lord is present with you. If you have tried to compartmentalize your life and hypocrisy is growing because you look this side and that side and it seems that the coast is clear and you made some horrible choices, I want to tell you, you failed to realize God was present when you made those choices. David said, where can I go? David said, if I go infinitely up, he said, to the heavens or infinitely down to the grave, you're there. Oh, if I take the wings of a morning, And I fly to the farthest place. Behold, you're there and your hand guides me. Where can I go from your presence? He's a big God. And he has led Jacob to a place. And Jacob decides to get some rest. And as Jacob sleeps, he has a dream. And in the dream, he sees a ladder. New 
living translation says a stairway, but it's most often translated a ladder. Its resting place was earth, and its highest place was heaven. And he saw all of this activity occurring on the ladder. Angels were coming down the ladder, and then they were going up the ladder. A lot of spiritual activity on this ladder. This passage in Genesis 28 and and the whole ladder has influenced the church over the years. Matter of fact, someone has written a song called Jacob's. And it talks about that we are what? Climbing. But I want to tell you today, we're not climbing, trying to get to God. We just read the scripture. The activity was not Jacob trying to get to God. It was the presence of God coming down to Jacob. The power of the Lord, the presence of the Lord was making the move. The presence of the Lord was encountering this man so that when he finally processed all of this, he named the entire place Bethel, meaning the Lord is present, for this is none other than the house of God. God is even the God of this house, for here is the presence of the Lord. Amazing, isn't it? That in this awesome moment, we learn as Jacob, the Lord's with us. Whether we have lived in any kind of way to merit his presence, if you're serving God and dotting your spiritual I's and crossing your spiritual T's, God bless you for that. You're a devoted follower. God is with you. But if you're like the prodigal and you've gone far from home, you've not gotten so far that you're separate from the presence of God. When you run from God, you find like Jonah, you run into God. He's on my left and on my right. He's beneath me, he's above me. He's in my past and yet he's in my future. He goes before me and at the same time, he follows me. Where can I go from the presence of God? This is a big God. He's big, he's big enough. What do we, what do we relate this omnipresence to a, a, a reality of life? Here it is, he's big enough. For rainbow days. This picture I show you is a rainbow just painted by God across the Colorado Rockies. I was recently in the mountains. And on one of those beautiful days, God just did just that. I mean, he painted a rainbow. And that rainbow was awesome. The mountains were awesome. The weather beautiful. It was a rainbow day. I felt his presence. And when you are so overwhelmed by the presence of God, it's like you can't, it's so strong, you can't miss the presence of God. Worship is easy. Prayer's automatic. Even giving is fun. That's how it is. It's like the kids can spill the red Kool-Aid all over the tan carpet in the back seat of your brand new car and you just say, hey... I've spilled Kool-Aid before. It happens every day. It's no problem. We'll clean it up. It's, it's the thin place. The Celtic Christians talked about a thin place. It's how they describe where God took those moments to pull back the curtain between 
the natural and the supernatural. He blurred the lines. And you couldn't tell the difference between one or the other. You just had to say, this is holy ground. The presence of the Lord. Rainbow days. How many of you love rainbow days? (laughs) I wish every day was a rainbow day. That extraordinary work of God where you say, yes, it's true. The heavens do declare the glory of God. And day by day, they pour forth speech. Oh, I took the wings of a dove and flew as far as I could. Behold, he is there. What an awesome God. But he's not only big enough for rainbow days. He's big enough for ordinary days. Ordinary days where... You're not up against some major circumstance. It's rather routine. Maintenance mode. We've got to be careful and learn that we have a God big enough for ordinary days. We talk about Israel. Israel at this point that I want to talk about is beyond Pharaoh. He's defeated. Manna is like a collector's item as they talked to their kids about this God who would give manna. The the burden of occupying land lifted. They have possessed the land. They're living in the blessing of the land that flows. It's a wonderful day. It's an ordinary day. And here's what the scripture writes of that season. That in that day, the word of the Lord was rare. Not non-existent, rare. It's like the church was open, but worship had become routine. And God wanted to teach them what I believe God wants to remind us. He's big enough for ordinary days. He wants to encounter us and show himself to us, even in the ordinary For perhaps if we don't learn to experience him in the ordinary, we will not have as many extraordinary experiences as he would like for us to have. See, if we can't learn to experience him in the routine, then we'll not have as many rainbows. William Berry writes that if we don't learn to encounter God in the routine then we never learn to live every day with wonder-filled eyes of worship and praise-filled tongues. And we say, kids, I can't believe you spilled the Kool-Aid. I never spilled Kool-Aid when I was your age. No one has ever done that in the history of the world. And you're the first when you get in the rut of routine Christianity and forget that he's big enough for ordinary days. So I come into his presence on rainbow days because it's automatic. And I come into his presence on ordinary days because he's as present then as he is when he's saying to his angels, watch this, Ron's on a mountain, I'm about to paint a rainbow that's gonna knock him to his feet in praise. And he's big enough for hallways. There was a father, had two daughters, 
both married, both end up pregnant in the same year, both living in the same town, going to have their babies in the same hospital. This is so like the hallway that the father walked down and went into the room to hold his healthy, incredible first grandbaby. And it was a rainbow day. It's that very same hallway, not too many months afterwards, he walked down into the room to hold his weeping daughter and his grieving son-in-law and to try to process that their baby was born with so many health complications, didn't live very long. And now it's a dark hallway. Our God is big enough for long dark hallways. I was five years old. I woke up in the middle of the night and I was thirsty. You know those moments where you're really thirsty and you think, I don't want to get up. I'll wait. But you're just too thirsty. And there was a hallway between my room and the kitchen. And it wasn't, it, it didn't Seemed that long, but in the middle of the night, that was a long, dark hallway to the point that I said, hey, dad. Finally, my dad answered, and I said, dad, I'm going to get a drink because I needed the omniscience of the father. I needed the father to have knowledge of his son. I got out of bed and I got out of my bedroom. I'm headed down the long, long dark hallway, probably about six feet. (laughs) And shadows started to move. I'm convinced. It's like I thought there there is absolutely a monster in this house. And it's going to get me on the way to get a drink. My heart is beating. And I said, Dad, yes, could you go with me? to get a drink I have a hundred reasons why my father's my hero here's one because in seconds I felt my father's hand and my father walked the dark hallway with me to get what I needed talking to you about a God who's big enough Take your hand, and you're going to know it's his. It's a nail-scarred hand. And he will walk the long, dark hallways. Who, who needs a God like that? Those that are in the dark hallway of unemployment, medical treatment, family disappointment. Those are the ones who answers, what do they mean when you're in the dark hallway? we need his presence for the father who had one healthy grandbaby and one that died for someone to show up and tell him the reasons why it doesn't change the circumstance what he needs more than answers is presence that I can walk with you down this hallway no matter how long or dark until we get what we need I find that 
in seasons that we're without. We're without jobs or the kind of health we want. Or there's someone missing because of tragedy, death, separation of some kind. That we can grow a a dominant attitude and emotional brokenness of bitterness, despair, and loneliness... We know how strong that can be. It seems that when we're without something, we're very susceptible for something to happen. And I think what we learn from Scripture is that when we're in a season without, in contrast to what we are without or who we are without, is an incredible time to learn that God is with us. We may can learn more about the Emmanuel factor in that moment than at any other time. As awesome as the rainbow days are, and it seems you could cut his presence with a knife, I want to tell you, the hand in hand in the dark hallway is what has marked my life with a conviction and a convincing of the ever-present God. Habakkuk. Just a few chapters that he writes. In the verse, he's asking every question that there is. God, why did you let this happen? And why did you let it happen to us? Why did you let it happen now? Why did you let it happen here? He's just listing. He's in a long, dark hallway. But because he remains open to a God who can take your hand in those moments... He ends up writing in the third chapter. You know, I've learned that if the fig tree is not on the vine and the grapes don't come forth and the olive crops don't yield, there's no sheep in the pasture or cattle in the barn. That's like he's without. Likened to to national disaster. It couldn't be any worse. Yet I will rejoice. In the God of my salvation, which means in the God who is with me in the long, dark hallway. He's saying, I'm learning about the witness of God because I'm with, without. Rather than disappointment, overwhelming, pain leading to a terrible spiritual brokenness I'm learning that in those moments God shouts in my pain I don't have the strength to give to him I don't have to. He comes. He's present. Writers tried to capture it. They'd say he's like a shepherd. A rock. A hiding place. He's the one who takes us by the hand. Presence. He's big enough. Dallas Willard writing of a little boy who lost his mom. 
The result, night times were hard for the little boy and he would get out of his bed and run into his dad's room and jump up in the bed with dad in the dark of night. And dad would say, it's all right, I'm here. And the little boy would say, but dad, is your face toward me? And the dad would say, yes, my face is toward you. He'd say, okay. And he could go to sleep. Moses. He said, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. The face of God in scripture is the presence of God. And where the presence of the Lord is, peace flows. The little boy jumps in the bed. Dad, is your face toward me? Yes. And out of that presence, peace flowed. Rest came. The Lord has sent me today to minister to people in the hallway. Questions, disappointment, all these challenges. But if today you can learn about the one who's there, you'll be able to know something that we all must experience. And that is when the questions are racing and the challenges are incredible, we learn to say, you're my portion. I'm not looking for answers. If you deliver, praise God. If you, if you shield me, praise God. If you protect me where it never happens, praise your name. But if I can have you feel this, this need in me, not with answers, but with presence, I'll be all right. Hallelujah. It's the God that the writer talked about who walks the dark hills. Rainbow days? Who can't praise him on those days? God is building a people who can praise him in the hallways. Because I know that I'm in his hands. He's here right now. Right in this place. His presence is strong. And yet, some of you, this isn't an easy day. You're praising through some things. You're pressing on because there's a force against you. There's some adversity. Yes, you're in the hallway. But he's taking you by the hand saying, let's walk it out until we get what we need. With your eyes closed in the presence of God. If today you need that hand of grace and presence to reach and take a hold of your hand of faith you need to say Lord okay you're here but is your face toward me to hear his spirit say yes and allow that peace that passes the circumstance the questions the challenge of the moment, that which is beyond our finding out, that kind of peace to overwhelm and overtake, to become a, a ruler of your heart, then just raise your hand right now. Say, that's me. Yes, 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 and yes, and you, and you, and you, and you, to you, to you. 
just even as you lift your hand, I, I hope it felt like, wow, it's not my, it's not just my hand in the air. I feel another hand. I feel another hand. Oh, the Spirit of God is in this place. Here in just a moment, if you lifted your hand, I would like to invite you to come to the altar. And, and here's what I pray. That when you find the nearest aisle, it'd be likened to your hallway. And as you hit the hallway, you know you're not alone. And when you come to this altar, it was likened to when I got that drink of water that quenched that thirst, that need. He'll walk you right into the fountain of God that leads to rejoicing. I worship you, Lord. I joined this church in prayer because there's going to be a lot of people who respond because there's a lot of us in hallways right now. But you're the God who walks the dark hallways. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As they sing, would you begin to come right now? Come. like to stand, you can stand. team members come if you saw them come as a couple pray for them as a couple they came personally come on and let's join in letting them know they're not alone the devil would love nothing more than to make people feel all alone when the promise of scripture is God is with us prayer team members just come no one being alone at this altar no one fighting alone
congregation. Let's ask the Lord to be with our friends who are in dark hallways. Spirit of God, ever-present God, God present to minister, God present to manifest strength, grace, God present, move now, Lord, as as personal as you can so that it is undeniable to every troubled heart, every anxious heart, that you are the Father who is not only aware, omniscient, but the Father who is present and will walk the journey, providing what we need because you're already out in front. Give us, Lord, that awareness and reminder that you've got it figured out, that if we'll trust in you and lean upon you and not our own ways, that you'll make the path light up. You'll make it straight. You'll show us the next step. You'll give us strength for the next step. Lord God, you will do the day with us. And I praise you that it's in your hands. It's it's in your care. And I rest in your presence. You're my portion. You are what I need. So I'm dependent. I'm falling upon you. I'm desperate for you. I'm calling out to you. And I receive. I receive, Lord. Hallelujah. Renew my strength. Renew my faith. Restore my heart. Mend my broken heart. Heal my emotions. Renew my mind. Set my feet upon that solid rock. You are my keeper. You are with me. You will guide me. Shelter. Strong tower. Congregation, these are praying. Sing this over them. Shelter. Shelter. Strong tower. Strong tower. Lord, you are my shelter. Shelter. Strong tower. Strong tower. You are my shelter. Strong tower. 